Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Trap Rock 101 podcast by Pirates and Poets. I am your host, John Burns. Glad to have you with me. Uh, we are back with another regular episode uh, talking with Miss Colleen Fuchs of the Trap Rock and the Ozarks Festival and Free Range Parrots. If uh, you are just checking this out for the first time, the Trap Rock 101 podcast is basically an attempt to create a oral history of the trap rock genre and community, which also uh, includes a lot of parrot head history as well. There's a huge overlap between those communities, despite what you might have heard or seen on Facebook lately. I'll tell you a little bit about Colleen. She is a longtime parrot head uh, and supporter of trap rock music. Uh, she is uh, one of the founders of the free range parrot movement. And also, as I said earlier, the uh, the founder and producer of the Trap Rock and the Ozarks event, which, uh, you know, is really the only event of any size happening uh, this year that's happened since about early March uh, in the Parrothead Trap Rock world. So we talk a lot about uh, Colleen's history in the community. We talk a whole lot about um, Trap Rock and the Ozarks and how she's managed to pull it off in the middle of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Um, definitely more current events in this episode than we normally have but i think what she's doing with the festival certainly warrants uh documenting because i think that's going to be a big piece of our history five years from now we're going to look back and say damn that woman pulled off a miracle uh, do want to say that uh this podcast is being released on july 30th so uh, i suppose that fate and COVID 19 could intervene between now and the event when it starts on a August 13th, so, uh, you know, if you hear this way off in the future, I guess there's a chance that the event didn't happen. But uh, Colleen has fought the good fight to try and make it happen and try to keep all of her attendees safe, so uh, check it out. hope you enjoy the interview. Um, before we get on with it, I do want to remind you uh, that we have seven or eight episodes previously released of this project um, featuring interviews to people like Melanie Howe, Bob Carwin, Tall Paul Bobble, and many more. So go back and check out those past episodes if you're just hearing us for the first time. You can find us uh, online at our website, piratesandpoets.net slash troprock101. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and lots of other uh, podcast platforms. So check us out. Tell your friends about us. Share it with your friends far and wide because uh, we, uh, we appreciate people listening and people sharing. So here it is, my uh, conversation with Colleen Fuchs. Let's see. I got into the parrot head um, life. I was probably a parrot head. I don't want to say my whole life, but I was probably a parrot head since I was about 18 or 19 years old. Um, but I didn't really get into Jimmy Buffett and the parrot, uh, Jimmy Buffett until I was 21, old enough to be in the bars. And you would hear it in the jukeboxes all the time. You would hear his music at some of the bars. Um, that's when I really started liking him. I went to my first concert in 2002, I believe. Um, and then actually my mom and stepdad became actual parrot heads in a sanctioned parrot head club, um, Central Illinois Parrot Head Club. At the time, it was in Bloomington, Illinois. Um, we lived in Colorado at the time, raising a child. Um, I guess I knew there were parrot head clubs, but I was never involved in them. Uh, we didn't get, we didn't join our first Parrothead Club until 2012 when our local club here in Sullivan, Missouri, the Route 66 Parrothead Club, um, started a club and sanctioned an actual club. Um, and so we've been in ever since then. Cool. And were you aware much of all the 
outside independent artists before joining the Parrothead Club, or was that a discovery made afterwards? That was a discovery made afterwards. Um, I had listened to a little bit of beachfront radio, just a little bit that I had somehow found. And um, so I knew a couple of the artists. The first year we went to Meeting in the Mines, we were late in the game. The first year we went to Meeting in the Mines was 2013. And um, that's when it all really came to us and we saw what it was all about. You know, and that's interesting because if your parents were in central Illinois, I would think they had to have known about the boat drunks. The boat drunks we did know about. Um, we did know about the boat drunks, but still we didn't realize there was such a big, we didn't realize there was such a big, I still call it a genre, whether it is or isn't. We didn't realize there was this big trap rock genre. We knew who the boat drunks were, of course, but we still didn't know of all these other artists. We had no idea. Gotcha. So yeah, you are a, I, I just, for some reason, thought that you had been around longer than 2012, 2013. So that's a, a pretty quick acceleration from the from the fan side of it, uh, as from from just discovering it to running your own event in in what about six years time? That's pretty quick. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It's pretty risky. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and and you, um, I mean, I could. Com- you are in the same, you're playing the same game that people like myself and uh, a handful of other people play um, who put on events as themselves or as a outside entity, not necessarily as part of a Paradigm club. And it is a lot riskier than putting it on as part of a Paradigm club. Um, but it's interesting to me because you guys um, are not super connected to any one artist. Um, most of the people who who do what you do, what I do, got into this because of a very close relationship with a one single artist. In my case, it was Jerry Diaz, you know. Um, but you seem to be, you know, you're just kind of out there. And, and all of us support lots of artists, but you, it doesn't seem like you have roots or a foundation with one specific artist. I would say that's probably true. Um the first artist we became really close to was Don Middlebrook. Um, our Parrot Head Club, when we were in our Parrot Head Club, we joined it in 2012. Um, and they didn't have any sort of, they did some small little events, you know, for little charity events locally here, but they weren't hiring any musicians. Um, maybe some local musicians, but none of the bigger ones, you know, in the trap rock world that we all, you know, knew and loved. My husband became president of that club in 2014, I guess it was. I don't remember. I think it was 2014. And the very first thing we had heard was that Don Middlebrook was looking for a gig. He was coming right through 44, somewhere from Oklahoma to St. Louis area. So we went to, you know, the club and we said, hey, let's, you know, hire this guy. And they're all like, no, we can't do that. We can't afford him. Nobody's going to be interested in that. Nobody's going to come. And my husband said, I'll pay him out of my pocket. Let's introduce these guys. Let's get them in here. So we hired Don Middlebrook. And just from there, we were just in love with the genre. I mean, like I said, we have been since Meeting of the Minds of 12. But to actually have them here personally, get to know them, um, we were just hooked right away. Um, it took a lot for us to, to get the other members of the club to see that. But once we really got them in here, 
Um, Don Middlebrook did a did an act for us every single year for the same thing four years in a row. Um, and then Tom Shepard did the same thing. Um, we had another gig every single year and Tom Shepard did that gig for us. Um, so once we started getting them into this area, people loved them. And we're not, we're not hooked to just one or two musicians. We do like them all. We, we, we try to get them all here at house concerts or the events now that we're throwing, um, whatever we can. Yeah, and just for a little bit of um, geographic context here, you guys are located, Sullivan is kind of southwest of St. Louis, correct? That is correct. We're about an hour southwest of St. Louis. Gotcha. And when did um, the free-range parrots kind of come into play? And how did that happen? The free-range parrots came into play as a joke. Um my husband was on the Route 66 board, and so was I. He was the president. I was the secretary. We both stepped down. We didn't step down from the positions. After two years, we decided not to run again. Um, and so that must have been 14. That must have been 2016. And we, were, we missed doing events. We missed raising funds. We missed doing charities. So I commute for work. I commute from Sullivan, Missouri to Bloomington, Illinois, which is a three-and-a-half-hour road trip. I do that once every 10 or 12 days. (laughs) Bloomington, Illinois is where I'm from. So one of my drives, this is when all the Flint, Michigan stuff was going on with the water. And I thought, well, why can't we help? Why aren't parrot heads helping with this water thing? So I called my husband. I said, I got this great idea. He hates my great ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So I got this great idea. Let's collect water from Sullivan, Missouri, all the way to Flint, Michigan, from as many parrot head clubs as we can. We'll rent a U-Haul. <laughs> we'll drive up there, collect all our water, meet all these cool people, and drop our water off. He said, are you crazy? I said, but just think about it. It'll work. We'll meet so many people. We'll get all this water. It's awesome. Let's just do it. So we did it. And um, we met so many people. We met Carrie Burt up there. We went, we've got a bunch from Indiana. We got a bunch from Detroit. We also met Daniel, I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, Daniel Paterik. Um, he's one of the regional um, communicators for PHIP. He said, how many clubs are you guys in? And my husband said, well, we're in three clubs, because at the time we were in three parrothead clubs. He says, we're in three clubs, but we just like to call ourselves free-range parrots. We go wherever we want, when we want. And he said, I love that, free-range parrots. Well, it just stuck. It really was a joke. Um, it just stuck. We're not on a board anywhere. And as you know, there's some drama in parrot head clubs Maybe just <laughs> and a touch. it just stuck and people <laughs> just a touch of drama. <laughs> so we just put our own thing. We still, we still support clubs. We're still in two clubs. Um, we just don't do much with them anymore, but they're not doing much obviously because of COVID, but the free range parrots just kind of stuck. People loved it. Um, a lot of people in the, Parrothead world see the same things we were seeing. So they're like, we like that. And and then just out of the clear blue, we're like, let's do an event. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Yeah, I want to talk about that because uh I mean, and you didn't start start small either. You you went pretty big <laughs> right off the bat. Well, right when we got out of I guess it was 2016 after we got out of Route 66 Parrothead Club as um, the board as board members, we did throw a small event. It was called Trop Rock and River Fest. And it was just at one of our local rivers here. We did a big float trip. 
We had music indoors afterwards. It was very small. We had um, Donnie Brewer, Sonny Jim, Don Reno, Paul Roush, Corey Young. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but I think that's all we had at that one. And it was very small. They could only fit 100 to 125 of us. Um, and we didn't even say it was by the free range parrots. We just said by Mark and Colleen. And um, it was a lot of fun. And then we skipped 17. We didn't do anything. And then Rick Lamb said, um, I think you guys need to do a, an, an event somewhere where you guys live by the free range parrots. So Rick Lamb's the one that kind of put that in our ear. And so I started looking around thinking, where could we have it? Well, that's right when they announced Margaritaville was going to be opening two hours from us at late. So I said, if we're going to do it, we're doing it big. We're not going to do another small little one. We're going to do a bigger one. So we went for it. I would say so. Uh, I didn't get to go last year, but the, the uh, reviews were pretty uh, – I think there were rave reviews. I think I'd be safe in saying that. People had a great time from everything I've heard. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to participate in this year's event uh, in just a couple of weeks. I mean, I was excited to get to come regardless, but as – every other event has dropped off one by one. The excitement around your event just keeps growing. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're really happy to have pirates and poets there. That's going to be exciting. And um, I, we're still standing. <laughs> I talked to Margaritaville this week and we're still a go. They still don't have limitations in that area or restrictions on gatherings. And we're still good. I mean, obviously any day that could get canceled. But we're so close. We're so close. I'm assuming at this point we're going to be a complete go. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just it's crazy to me um, that just everything else has dropped off. That that this is the one thing, um, you know, I'm heavily involved in Island Fever Showcase. um, And Mm -hmm. I thought I thought that stood a good chance of happening. For many of the reasons, probably that you're still happening, and that you're uh, you're kind of out in more of a rural area, you're not connected to a big city. Um, but even even Island Fever didn't make it. But you're still you're still going. <laughs> I know. I really thought Island Fever was going to make it. I, I was really pulling for it. We weren't going to be able to go this year. We went to the first one. Amazing event. Um, I really thought it was going to be a go this year. I'm, I'm, I was bummed to see it had to cancel. Well, maybe you can go next year now. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. So, but I mean, I, I, would, sure. I would like to hear you talk a little bit more about, um, how do I put this? Just the, the stress, the uh, running an event like this, uh, especially without, without any kind of infrastructure, like a Parrothead club backing you is, is tough work. It's hard work. But then you had this whole other level of, what the hell are we going to do? What do we, what do we have to try and plan for because of COVID? And I think it's extremely interesting to hear what you have to say about how that has affected your, your thinking and your planning. I mean, I know you cut off registration earlier than you expected. So. Yeah, this year has been a really tough, stressful year. Um, everything was going smooth, obviously till COVID hit. Um, even then, we thought, oh, ours isn't until mid-August. We're not going to have any of those issues. This COVID will be gone, um, or at least, you know, handled in, in the fact that it's not going to affect these events anymore. And um, we didn't think we were going to have any problems. However, we all know that that's not the case. Um, it's been super stressful, I have to say, but we just take it day by day. I mean, we did cut the registration off. 
Now, when we cut the registration off, we were already at 230. So I just gave a quick little announcement. Hey, we're cutting it off at 250. I know 250 to 3 or 325 isn't that big of a difference, but every less person was going to make a difference and it was going to make the ones coming feel a little bit better. Like we were trying to do something to make people feel safe. I know at that point it wasn't much, but it was something. Um, so within an hour, we were at our 250. Um, so we've cut it off at the 250. And I, I've gotten a lot of hate mail. I mean, I don't mean to bring that up. The hate mail has stopped. But during that time between me saying I was stopping at 250 and about two weeks ago, I got a lot of hate mail. You're, you guys are so selfish. Why would you still be throwing this party? That's so irresponsible. Um, you know, lives are more important than a chop rock party. And, and, and every single one of those hate mails, not one of them was registered for the event. So I just, you know, I was nice and said, hey, I'm sorry you guys feel that way, but we're being as careful as we can. The people that want to be there want to be there. If people are scared to come or don't feel safe, they won't come. So I, I people are very opinionated, as you know. Um, so that was an added stress that most people don't know about. Um, then we're going back and forth with the venue. So again, we don't want to self sound selfish and we are not having this event just for money reasons. Um, but I reached out to all the musicians. I reached out to a ton of the attendees. We, we really researched to see if we should cancel this or not. However, if we cancel the event and Margaritaville does not cancel it, Mark and I owe $39,000 <laughs> contracts for the room so we weren't going to just cancel. We were gonna, we would fight that. Obviously, we would do something to fight that contract, whether we would have won in the end or lost in the end. I don't know. Right. But that was very right. scary for us, too. Who has $39,000 sitting around? Right. I mean, on a certain level, you had to go forward. Um, you- we did have to go forward. Um, but we want to make sure everybody's safe. Um, and Margaritaville kept telling us, hey, we have no limitations. We kept checking the governor's page. We kept talking to Margaritaville. I mean, we're not just sitting on our rear ends doing nothing and thinking, oh, it's all fine. There's nothing we have to do. So just this week, we did announce that we're going to take everybody's temperature as they walk into the private room Friday night and Saturday night. Some people may not like that. Some people are going to love it. But we just want people to feel safe and comfortable, and that will help a little bit. We'll take everyone's temperature if if it's too high, we'll ask them to leave. Um, not having a parrot head backing was the most difficult part of it. Anyway, without COVID, COVID just added to it. Um, and, you know, not only I'm not going to talk negative about this because I don't want to do that. But not only do we not have a parrot head backing, we don't have a lot of support from our local parrot head clubs. They don't like that we're doing this. Right. So that was also an issue. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of reasons to not have this event. But we're doing it for the musicians. We love the music. Um, we love supporting trap rock music, and that's mainly what we're doing it for. We love doing charity work. We were doing it for the USO. Um, Mark and I are huge USO supporters. Um, we've had some issues with USO the last last year and this year. Um, with everything going on with the trap rock artists, not um, having any of their gigs and not being out of work for so many months, we decided to switch the charity to the TRMA artist relief fund. So we're really excited about that. 
Yes, and uh, as someone who is directly involved with that, uh, I'm excited to have you guys uh, chipping in and helping out. Um, the yeah, Top Rock Artist Relief sure. Fund. Uh, you know, the funny thing about that is, is when we got it off the ground, uh, Mark Friedman got it going, and then Eric Babbitt and I have been heavily involved in it as well. Um, we did we did not get overran with the requests like I thought we would. Um, I think at this point, we've, we've probably uh, been supporting about 20 artists, but there was an initial eight or 10, and then it's like we've added, uh, you know, a few every month since then. Um, and, and we did kind of put out there, you know, like, hey, um, if you're not a full-time musician, please, please don't apply. Um, if you're full-time right. and, your spouse, and your spouse, you know, or significant other brings in a lot of income, you know, think because we didn't know how much money we were going to be able to raise. Um, but <laughs> the response has been uh, you know, really, really good. We've been able to support, um, you know, everybody who's asked for money, we've been able to give them money without, um, without thinking twice about it. Um, and, and there has not been a single person, a single artist who has asked for support um, without that, that we were uncomfortable that, that we were like, Hey, you know, your, your spouse makes a ton of money. Or, you know, you're still getting to play gigs. We didn't have any of that. And I think that speaks to the integrity of our, our artists. You know, um, we, we as, as time has drug on, we, we have had a few who, who uh, their spouse works and they've, they have asked for help. But, you know, I mean, a full-time musician, they bring in a, a chunk of their family's income. Um, <laughs> right. You, you know, but those people did not ask right off the bat either. Um, you know, when we... There, there had to be some triage um, on our part on who we gave money to, especially in the beginning when we had, you know, very limited sure. people. So, but yeah, thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, hopefully you can, uh, you know, in the future you can get back to supporting the USO or some other worthy cause. But right now, uh, very glad to have you all helping out the artists. That's just where it needed to go. That was, it was a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, but, but I'm just, I'm excited. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I think like everyone else, there's a certain level of uh, apprehension on my part, you know, getting on a plane, going to, um, flying to Kansas City, then getting a car and driving three hours to Lake of the Ozarks. Um, probably what I'm most apprehensive about personally is, um, you know, it's uh, it's not hugging on Donnie Brewer and Eric Erdman and Gina Babin. That's going to happen. <laughs> It's uh, it's people that you know I know casually or don't know at all. That especially once you, they get a few drinks in you, that want to come up and talk, you know, six inches from you. That's what I'm personally worried about. And hopefully, people will be, uh, myself included, once I get a few drinks in me. Hopefully, all of us can be a little more, uh, <laughs> more thoughtful than we would normally be, and you know, not get right up on somebody just to talk to them. Um, especially if you don't have you know a super close relationship with them. So. Yeah, I know. I think we're all a little nervous about that. And not that our announcements are going to do anybody any good, but we will be announcing that, you know, hey, be self-aware of who you're hugging on, who you're not hugging on. Ask permission first. <laughs> um, you know, all of us just love to drink a lot and hug a lot. So we just all need to be smart that weekend, as smart as we can be and just be aware and respect other people's surroundings. 
Hey y'all, this is Kitty Stedman from Drop Dead Dangerous. I want to thank you for listening to Trop Rock 101 podcast with Pirates and Poets. Pirates and Poets is a crucial platform for independent artists and writers, and they have been working tirelessly to make sure that we make it through this difficult time. Please show them your support as well by visiting piratesandpoets.net slash store or piratesandpoets.net slash donate. Cheers, y'all. So a uh, non-COVID question here. As as the producer uh, of the event, what's your kind of your process for uh, for choosing the 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 lineup for constructing the lineup? And I I think you know you're an independent person. You're putting this on yourself. So um, outside opinions beyond yours and Mark's probably don't carry the weight that they would at a club event. I'm going to guess, but I'll let you speak to that. That is pretty correct. Um, I have a, we have a great committee that we put together. We handpick some folks, local folks that love it just as much as we do. And they're having a lot of fun helping us out. But I do the lineup all on my own. Mark doesn't even, Mark has nothing to, Mark has nothing to do with the event, the poor guy, till the day of, till the weekend of. He works his butt off, but he doesn't really do anything from, from throughout the year. He does nothing. <laughs> He would love that I said he does nothing, but um, <laughs> no work for fifty-one <laughs> weeks, and then all the work for the the fifty-second week, huh? A hundred percent, because he literally does nothing for fifty. We even have committee meetings, and he leaves them. He goes and drinks, and he'll clean the pool. He'll he'll do what he wants to do. He does. He's not even involved in the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I do it myself. Last year, I my lineup was just I wanted it to be different. Um, as much as I love all the musicians that are at all these events, I didn't want it to be the exact same event. So I put some other ones in there that you don't always see. Um, this year I did the same thing, but I have so many favorites. I want them all in there. Um, you can't hire them all. Um, I was trying to do things different. Um, I just, I just go for who I love and who, I mean, I guess I go for my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's your ass on the line, so why not book who you want? You know? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> There's really no rhyme or reason to it. Um, you know, I know who brings in money. Obviously, you got to have some people that bring in money that you know are going to bring in registrations. Um, I mean, you can't just. I mean, but but everybody brings in registration. That's the thing. Everybody has their favorite. Um, you line up 10 people and you look at my lineup and 10 people could have 10 different people on the lineup. That's their favorite. So, um, you know, I just, I, I just really, I get who I want to get. <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, you know, I, I operate very similar and it's very similar fashion with pirates and poets. Um, you know, uh, obviously Danielle has a lot of influence. Danielle Diaz has a lot of influence who we hire, uh, Damn it, Earl, Dennis, and Terry, the other folks who, who are on the Pirates and Poets crew have a lot of input. And, and people like Donnie Brewer, Jerry Diaz, uh, Kitty Stedman, you know, uh, as I build our lineups, I listen to their input about who they think is up and coming, worth taking a shot on. But in the end, it's mm-hmm. almost always my call and my call only. So hopefully <laughs> Daniel, hopefully so Daniel doesn't hear what I just said. But. <laughs> Exactly. I have the same problem. Hopefully my committee doesn't hear. I don't even, I don't even say, Hey, I say this is the lineup after I've confirmed everybody. I say, this is the lineup. I mean, they don't even have a space for the poor people. They just, they're just my worker bees. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of take a, uh, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. 
you know, and, and like if all of them lose their minds, then I go, okay, maybe I should rethink this, this part right here. But short of that, I pretty much go with whatever my gut tells me to go with, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I want to, I, I would like to hear you talk about uh, maybe some other events or, you know, just road trips, uh, some of your favorite experiences uh, as more of a fan during your time in the community. There are so many good events, um, so many events, and there's so many we have not been to yet. Um, our two favorites are, and they're for completely different reasons, our two favorites are Party Gras and Rendezvous. Um, you just can't beat either one of those events. I, I absolutely love those two events. Um, I've only been to Party Gras twice. I think I've been to Rendezvous four or five times. Um, but those are our favorite events. Um, Music on the Bay, of course, is a great event. They're all great events. I mean, there's not one event that I haven't liked. Um, Putin Bay, I've been to Putin Bay. That was fun um, in Ohio. Putin Bay is um, so much fun. It's just so hard to get to. <laughs> it's so hard to get to, but such a cool place. I mean, that's just a cool place. Um, what, what other events have we been to? See, we haven't been to. I know I'm missing some. Um, we've never been to Fins of the West. We've always wanted to do that. Um, we've not been to Lone Star Luau yet. I know that's like four years old now. And we still haven't gotten there yet. Um, but they're all such good events. I mean, I wish I was Fred Wonder because then you can go to every event. Every event there is. You can just go to any event you want to. <laughs> yeah, Fred Wonder is who we all want to be when we grow up. So badly. I would do any, I just talked to him this morning. I said, Fred, I want to be you. <laughs> um, yeah, I love events. If I could just retire and go to every single event, I would, that, that would be my life. I would get an RV and go to every single event I could possibly go to. There you go. Um, we, we, we love all the events um, and we love going to house concerts. Um, we used to, we've been busy because we sold our house. I guess it's been two years ago now. And then we were living in a little rental, but we were building a house and we kind of built the house ourselves. We didn't um, hire a GC, a general contractor. So we have been extremely busy the last couple of years. We had to stop doing house concerts. This is the first year we got back to them. Um, but our rule was always within a six hour radius. We would go support all the house concerts um, within a six hour radius. We go a little over that, but um, we haven't gotten to do that in the last couple of years. We definitely miss that. House concerts, to me, they're my favorite thing to do. I think uh, I've, I've been doing house concerts for a long time now, and I definitely enjoy mm. them. I, I've gotten to the point where I would much rather do a house concert. And I'm saying this both as a fan or as a promoter. I would rather do a house concert than try to do a uh, a show in a public venue like a bar or restaurant or something um the, the one exception being with a, a full-blown party band like jimmy and the parrot or somebody like that um those guys belong right bar, but um 100 you know but uh but any yeah, of these, house concerts are the house concerts are the way to go yes you know and i think people um pe more and more people are discovering them but i still think they're really undervalued i think people you know i hear people around here they say why would I pay $20 to see, you know, this person they could, you know, if they were playing the T-Bones, I'd see him for free. And I'd, I'd say, well, let's just say that you go for like the, their whole four hour show at T-Bone Tom's. It's like, 
you and your significant other are going to eat. That's probably $25 to $30 right there. You're going to have three or four drinks. And if you stay the whole time, you're probably going to end up having an appetizer towards the end of the show, too. Oh, for sure. You're going to spend at least $60. And, uh, or you could just you know, throw 40 bucks in for the two of you to the artist and bring your own booze at the house concert. It's, it's a wash. But the house concert is such a better experience, I think, for the fan and the artist. 100%. It's not even a financial thing. It's so much more intimate. And like you said, for the artist also, I, they all say they would prefer a house concert over a bar gig. Um, but it's, it's so much more intimate. You get to know the musician so much better. You get to really listen to the music. The best part about it is you get to hear the stories. Yes. I will say this, though. I do think... <laughs> There's something to be said for uh, an artist. If, if an artist is coming to a, a location for the first time and they don't have a big name brand, you know, um, a public venue might be a better idea for them the first time. Um, just, just, I, I, it is easier to get in front of people at a public venue, you know. But if you're an established art, artist with a fan base in the area, house concerts are undoubtedly the way to go every time. 100%. I agree with that. You, that's a good point. I definitely agree with that. Well, at least, you know, I don't, we're either geniuses together or we're, we're complete idiots. I don't know. We, we could put that out there on Facebook. Well, you know. it could go either way. <laughs> We've got Donnie Brewer here this year, um, Labor Day weekend, since, um, since uh, Island Fever got canceled. Donnie was coming on the 12th, but now he's coming on the 5th. So that'll be fun. Yes. Uh, I, you know what? I'm actually going to see uh, Donnie Brewer tonight. So, Are you really? He's not going to be playing, uh, but he, we're just going to get a chance to hang out, which I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've seen a lot of Donnie Brewer shows, and if I had the option of watching that's him even play, better, just hanging out right? with him, I'd rather hang out with him. So, Yeah, I was going to say, that's even better. <laughs> Good for yes. you. So, Well, hey, uh, is there anything else you would like to kind of talk about or address as far as uh, Trap Rock and the Ozarks or just things in general uh, i want to close things out with some rapid fire questions for you but but i want to give you kind of an open floor first um i don't have too much to say i guess the biggest thing is um i really appreciate all the support that we've gotten from the media you know we've gotten support from pirates and poets um obviously radio trap rock who is going to be there live broadcasting um palapa mac radio gave us a big sponsorship this year um, and, and I've never even met Jeremy, but Palapa Mac Radio gave us a huge sponsorship this year. Um, Shore Life Radio has now gotten involved. Um, Evan James, he's got a little um, anchor radio. It's called Anchor Radio in the Chicago area. Um, he's coming to do a show. Um, all of the clubs, with an exception of a couple, all of the clubs have been sharing um, our event on their pages um, we've just gotten so much support for it. So we really, really appreciate that. I mean, that's having the support is, is big. That's big. Yeah. And, and I want to say one thing about all the radio stations, um, you know, radio chop rock with EB and Gina, they're kind of the 800 pound gorilla in the room right now. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people listen to radio, A1A, but I would encourage folks to, no matter what your favorite station is, to, to check out the other ones from time to time because they all have different, uh, you know, different approaches to it. I mean, of course, everybody's playing Donnie Brewer. Everybody's playing, you know, Tom McCauley. But 
um, everybody has a little bit different outlook on it. Their playlists are all a little bit different, different vibes on each station. So uh, check them all out. And uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy with Palapamac Radio, he's you know he's still fairly new to the to the uh, community, but he's a great guy. He only lives a couple miles from me, so uh, I definitely would say. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I would definitely encourage people to check him out. Uh, it's it's definitely. It's it's probably the the most commercial vibe of any of the stations, um, if that makes sense. But there's there's plenty of our independent artists on there as well. So, oh yeah, sure there is. Um, there's just so many of them, and we've just gotten so much support from all of them. Um, Tiki Man Radio is another one. Danny Danny just did. I was just on Danny's Sunday show on Sunday, and he's a big supporter too. So I mean, they're just all. That's what, my husband's better than I am. I, I, I'm kind of bad about listening to three particular ones. I go back and forth. He listens to all of them. Mark listens to all of them. Um, he's better about that than I am. <laughs> go, Mark, go. Go, Mark, go. <laughs> um, I had one more question for you. Oh, I was, uh, so what, uh, do you have any concrete plans for uh, 2021 yet as far as uh, Trapper Rock and the Ozarks? We do not yet. That is up in the air. Um, you ask Mark, and we're not going to have one. You ask the committee, and we're definitely having one. <laughs> you ask me, I'm thinking, and then it's not a secret. I've talked to Eric Babin about this before. I'm thinking about doing every other year. There are so many events out there. People just cannot go to all of them, again, unless you're Fred Wonder. Um, so I feel like if it was every other year, it gives people opportunities. I'm not saying Chop Rock and the Ozarks is their favorite, but say it was their favorite. They don't want to go to that every year. They want to experience other events and you can't go to everyone every single year. And, and there's so much competition out there and you don't want to have an event that's going to fail or not be successful. Um, I'm thinking about going every other year. So 2021, we would skip and then we would do 2022. So again, that decision is pretty much me and Mark's <laughs> yeah. because we're the we're the ones you know that's got all the financial risk. But um, if you ask Mark, we're done. If you ask me, we're going to go every other year. <laughs> you, you know, um, that could be really cool if y'all and uh, Island Fever got on alternating years. Um, I mean, there's quite a bit of distance between the two events, geography wise, but you are both kind of. Western Midwest Both events. Midwest. Yeah, you know, uh -huh. so that could be uh -huh. pretty cool if y'all, because that's always been the plan uh, for Island Fever was, <clears throat> you know, to not be an every year event. So that could be pretty cool if y'all kind of started alternating years. So, talk, well, talk that's Bart. what I told Mark the other day. <laughs> that's what I told Mark the other day. I said, hey, wait a minute. Island Fever canceled and they're next year. And I'm thinking about going every other year. So that would be a good one for us to be every other year instead of always the exact same year because we're only a couple weeks apart. Yeah, you're close to each other, both geography-wise and time-wise. So, and time-wise, exactly. So that is my plan. I just have some sweet talking to do to old Mark, but I always get my way. So, here you go. We'll see where that goes. Go, Mark. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, thanks for chatting with me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you in just a couple weeks uh, in person. Yeah, I want to close. Can't for, wait. I want to close things out with a few rapid fire questions. If you don't, if you're game for okay. it. What is should your favorite? Scared? Yes, you should. Very scared. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite Jimmy Buffett song? Oh my God. Um, 
life is like a tire swing. Good one. Favorite cocktail? Rum Runner. What is your favorite trap rock song by an independent artist? Whew. I have three. Um, to see Donnie Brewer. Yes. <laughs> I love that song. Yes, me too. I have those lyrics painted on my stairs going up from going down to the bar. Oh, that's cool. You got to send me a picture of that. It is very, very cool. When we get off, I'll text you a picture of it. It's very cool. Okay. What are the other two? Um, Beach Life by Don Metalbrook. And I just got another favorite is um, Down by the Coastline, Boomer Blake. I, I, that song does something to me. I love that song. Yeah, that's a very pretty song. And lots of, lots of it's folks. It's beautiful. It. There's a lot of folks on it. It's a beautiful song. It was very well done. Yes. All right. Kenny Chesney or Bob Marley? Bob Marley. Bob is way ahead in this race. I think only one person Woo! has voted. Only one vote person has voted for Kenny so far. So, uh, wow. what is a book? A book that you think everyone should check out that you love? Uh, any book from um, the Jake Sullivan series. It's an amazing series. All right. What's Buck your favorite Riley, Buffett? Baby. Yeah, Buck Riley. He's he's a lot of fun. <laughs> What's your yes. favorite Jimmy Buffett album as a whole? Probably, probably A one A. That's my favorite. Well, eh, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorites, A one A. Yeah, it's it's a hard question. Uh huh. I have a tradition of playing that record the night before I leave for Meeting in the Minds every year. So. Uh, what is your favorite beach? Well, Yost Van Dyke. I don't know what the name of the beach is. Yost Van Dyke right there at Soggy Dollar Bar. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. Not at all. <laughs> and here's the big, better. the big one. If you were going to build uh -oh. a Mount Rushmore of independent trap rock artists, what four faces would you put on there? Holy cow, John. Jeez, Maureen. <laughs> okay, that, that should be easy because I'm going to go back old school here. I'm going to say Ray Diaz. Okay. Morris. Sonny Jim. Man. The fourth one always gets people. Hugo Duarte. Hugo Duarte. That is old school as it gets right there. There you go. And uh, final question. If you were going to add one more face to that, but it's got to be somebody who is not a musician, someone from the community, who would it be? Holy cow, Fred Wonder. <laughs> Fred Wonder, Fred Wonder is, is like winning this question so far. We're eight episodes in now, and Fred Wonder is winning this. So, Fred Wonder is the man. <laughs> he is the man. He's who we all want to be. He just so he, is. So he's going to be at Ozarks, right? He is. He's a huge supporter of ours. Yep, he'll be there. Good, because I don't know that I've seen him since Party Girl. So, uh, um, I haven't yeah. seen him in a while myself. Yeah, 
Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Fred Wonder and lots of great artists and you and Mark here in just a couple of weeks, folks. Uh, check it out, Trap Rock in the Ozarks. Find, uh, find Colleen on Facebook and follow her. And uh, please support all her future endeavors. Colleen, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, thank you for, uh, for inviting Pirates and Poets to Trap Rock in the Ozarks. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.